welcome to another podcast episode by One Day at a Time podcast hosted by yours truly, me. And this is the fourth episode in my Vlogmas series. And I just want you to know that I have been enjoying recording these so much. For the first time, I feel like I have a direction to go to. I also have a YouTube channel that I've announced where all of these podcasts also go up in case you don't listen to podcasts on a platform. And if you find YouTube more comfortable, a lot of people actually prefer YouTube, which is fine. Anyway... All that self-promo aside, today's episode is going to be super interesting because I have recorded this episode twice before, like not for Vlogmas, I recorded this once in November and I recorded it I think way back in like the summer as well because that's when I first like learned about this and every single time I record it I just don't like the way it turns out so I have researched a little bit more, I want this one to be more of like a research heavy thing which it's not going to be because I am going to ramble. So today we're going to talk about the hedonic treadmill which is a theory that I want to really talk about because it hit home with me when I realized what it was earlier this year. But before we get started, as usual, we have to talk about our favorites because that's just how it is. So today's favorite is not a favorite, but it's just a topic that I want to talk about. And I recently finished reading Origin by Dan Brown and I know everyone's read it and I'm late on the trend and it came out like years ago, but I just never got around to reading it. And I just have to say, now that I've finished reading it, I just don't enjoy Dan Brown as much anymore. The first Dan Brown book I read was The Da Vinci Code and I loved it. It was just, I think it's still one of like my top favorite books of all time. But I just feel like now I just don't enjoy his books anymore. It's just the same formula over and over. And if you've read like more than three, four Dan Brown books, I think you will sense that it's the same like formula, like the same concept over and over. Like there's always a famous guy and there's always another guy who gets like murdered or killed and there's always like a female psychic. I feel like that's his like plot line for a lot of his books. And I guess another reason I didn't enjoy Origin this much was also because I wasn't interested as much in the topic that he was mentioning. Like every book has like this one heavily researched topic and I love reading about it because it just opens your mind and gives you food for thought. But I just was not interested in like the whole religion aspect of things and he went in depth about a lot of religions, about Christianity, about the different parts of Christianity and I didn't really wasn't interested in it and I just felt like I was getting really really bored. So let me know if you've read Origin, let me know if you think it's good or like it's better than Da Vinci Code. Let me know if you also think his books are getting repetitive. I don't know. I don't want to hurt anybody. I enjoyed the book but I just felt like I was getting bored through it. I just think it was really dragged on and the conclusion which is like the big thing they were hyping up the entire book it was just very underwhelming. I just felt like there would be something that was, that was going to take me by surprise because that's how they hyped it up in the entire book. They were all like, "Ooh, you know, this is the truth and this is what's going to shatter religions everywhere. This is the future of mankind. And I'm not going to reveal what it is because I don't want to give spoilers. But that's like the preface of the book that this one scientist guy figures out like the future and figures out that all the religions are wrong, figures out like the meaning of life or whatever. And in the end, when they reveal it, it's just you're just like okay i mean okay fine this is fine i wasn't blown away as i thought i would be blown away so that was my two cents on this topic so let's actually get on to talking about the hedonic treadmill now so what is the hedonic treadmill and what it stems from is the fact that us as humans we have this tendency that we're always looking for something that's going to make us happy like we always have this goal for example you're currently like i'm guessing you're probably currently thinking about something that you want like oh is it do you want a new car or do you want a i don't know um a promotion in your job or do you want like 
moving into like a better house or something or do you want to buy like a luxury bag or do you want to get into college or do you want to top your exams like you know something of that sort is like this positive thing that you're looking for is constantly in your head because that's like the next step that you want you're always thinking about it and in the way that you think is it's something that's going to make you happy like oh you know when i top my exams it's going to be so good i'm going to feel so great like yes dude you work really hard for it whatever sometimes you think about oh you know i really really want this luxury bag which costs like xyz absurd amount of money and i'm really like saving up for it because buying this luxury bag is something i really want and it's going to make me really happy you know what i'm talking about and everyone feels this way and i've always felt this way so whenever we do end up achieving this thing now obviously nobody achieves every single one of their dreams hopefully you achieve some of them but whenever you achieve this set thing that you were like looking forward to for like so many weeks or so many years you're happy about it for a while but you always end up like it doesn't last as long as you think it would you you think that moving into like a big house or something is going to make you so happy and you know it's going to be the thing that you need right now when you move into the big house you're happy about it for like a week or so or maybe a month but after that it just becomes normal and it just doesn't give you the sense of happiness that you thought it would give you back when you were like hoping for it so this is a theory that is very simple when i read it out but it makes so much sense and it kind of gives me an answer as to why we always feel like we're just chasing this one happiness related item and when we get it we're just like okay fine what next and we never really stay happy why can't we just stay happy with what we have why is it that we always want something and that's what the hedonic treadmill kind of explains so the official definition states that the hedonic treadmill which is also known as hedonic adaptation is a theory which posits that people repeatedly return to their baseline level of happiness regardless of what happens to them and what it basically kind of means or is trying to say is that we have this neutral zone or this baseline level of happiness or the baseline level of our mood that we are on and then when something great happens to us it gives us a boost which lasts a certain amount of time and it could all obviously differ from time to time or it differs based on how big this happiness thing is that you achieved or how small it is it could be a happiness boost that lasts maybe a month maybe a week maybe like two days but always it's a case that it will fall back down to your neutral and you'll come back to this neutral mood that you're always in and it applies to the reverse also like when you're something really bad happens to you or uh, something that is sad like maybe you kind of fail an exam or you get demoted at work or you get fired whatever happens to you you will feel sad about it for a certain amount of days or a certain amount of weeks whatever it is and then you will come back to your neutral state so however much you try however many things you achieve however big they are however you know significant you will always fall back down to your neutral happiness state which is predefined or it depends on like your childhood or environment blah 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 and there are ways obviously that you can increase this this positive neutral whichever baseline happiness you have but what they're trying to tell you is that the high that you get after achieving this really big thing is not how it's going to be forever and you will fall back to your neutral and then you will look for another thing that's going to give you that boost so it's just constantly us looking for that boost of happiness but it's not going to last and it never does last and it's pretty interesting thinking that we just constantly chase these things and we're chasing these rainbows but we're never actually going to achieve them we're going to achieve them feel happy for 3 days and we're going to look for something else and we're never going to be satisfied with it so a philosopher whose name i'm not going to pronounce because i'm going to butcher it because it's probably french 
and I'm gonna link this article in the down bar in case you want to check him out but he says that he wrote uh, a discourse on inequality in 1754 so this is a pretty old thing that he wrote and he kind of explained the hedonic treadmill in really pretty words so I'm just gonna read that out and he said since these conveniences by becoming habitual had almost entirely ceased to be enjoyable and at the same time degenerated into true needs it became much more cruel to be deprived of them than to possess them was sweet and men were happy to lose them without being happy to possess them that's just a lot of confusing words right here but it's about what he's trying to say i guess and from what i interpreted it is that when you really want that big thing like a new job promotion and you get it after a while it will become normal and it will become your neutral because now you have this job like you don't have the thrill that you got something new and this is exactly why whenever we buy new clothes they just lose their novelty after a couple of weeks and the fact that this happens with everything in life really leads us to believe that us always chasing something is not really sustainable because it's not really how we're going to be happy because however much we try it's just going to make us fall back to our two neutrals so instead of looking for happiness what we should probably be doing is increasing like our baseline happiness like our neutral zone that's what we should be working on improving and not looking for these external sources of happiness and hoping that that's what's going to make us lastly be happy so a little history about this is that this was coined, like this term was coined by two psychologists, Brickman and Campbell, in 1971 because they wrote an essay named Hedonic Relativism and Planning the Good Society. So in the 1970s, the concept was known as hedonic adaptation. It was 20 years when Michael Esnick compared hedonic adaptation to a treadmill, which is a more modern and understandable concept, and hence the hedonic treadmill was a term that was coined. And it was also called us setting like a happiness set point. And many studies show that our circumstances don't really account for most of our happiness. Each person has a happiness set point, which refers to one's genetically determined predisposition for happiness. This set point for happiness is responsible for about 50% of the differences in happiness from person to person. There's also a book by Sonja Lubomirsky, I'm hoping I pronounced that right. And she wrote a book named The How of Happiness. And she said two really, I think, important things relating to this. She says that one, if you struggle with a low set point, meaning you tend to gravitate towards sadness or depression, so don't be so hard on yourself because you are to an extent dealing with a pretty stacked tech. And the second thing she said is that 50%, as high it is, as it is, is not 100%. So there's plenty of leeway for improvement. Your actions, your thoughts, and your attitude will comprise for about 40% of your happiness, which is a pretty big deal. And the final 10% is determined by external circumstances. So when you look at how happy you are going to be on like an everyday general basis, it's 50% determined by your environment or your genetics, 40% based on your thoughts, your attitudes, your improvements, you know, stuff that is you on the inside. And it's only 10% based on your external circumstances, like your big house or your promotion at a job or how much money you have, etc, etc. And this theory of the hedonic treadmill, which is the modern version of it, states that regardless of what happens to people, their levels of happiness will eventually return to the baseline. Take this theory with a classic example. So if you get married, move into a new house, etc., you'll likely return to your set point after a while. So how is it that some people just appear happier? Now, if some people are fortunate enough that they experience a lot of positive things happening to them in a relatively shorter period of time, they feel like this constant influx of happiness is their new normal. But research suggests that however happy or however many positive events happen to them, after a while, 
they will return back to their baseline now a lot of different people have added on to this and a lot of different psychologists have given their own input to this and in the long term they had a lot of experiments i guess so basically there was another research which happened which was also done by Brickman and Campbell so they did a research study where they studied two sets of people one was a group of people who won large lottery prizes and the other was a group of accident victims who were now paralyzed including quadriplegic and paraplegic people and this research revealed that in the long term neither group appeared to be happier than the other of course the lottery winners and paralysis victims experienced initial reactions of happiness and sadness respectively but neither of these effects turned out to be long lasting the people in both groups shortly reverted to their previous levels of happiness so doesn't that mean that however much we try we're just going to be unhappy forever so like what's the point of doing anything if we're just doomed to come back to becoming unhappy or neutral so there was more research done by this by Ed Diner and he came up with five revisions to this concept the first one being that the set point is not neutral he studied a bunch of people basically and came down to a, a conclusion that whenever people return back to their um neutral baseline it's not neutral their feelings are a little bit above neutral so even if you do experience like a positive burst of energy because you've done something really cool you will fall back down to a neutral but it's going to be a positive neutral and i know that a lot of people tend to gravitate towards being sadder so the neutral is more on the negative side but again every set point is individual which is the second revision that he made everyone's personality traits there are different factors all affect your neutral set points so for example the basic idea what he was trying to say was that different forms of well-being can move in different directions at different time one could have negative emotions or positive emotions but their life satisfaction will constantly hopefully be on a rise and their happiness can change examining well-being levels of different nations might help clarify this because research on this specific topic is pretty less but if there are marked differences in well-being across nations and these differences can be predicted from objective characteristics of those no- nations that could possibly mean that the circumstances can have a long-term impact on your well-being for example one study cited that a nation's higher than average wealth and support for human rights were strong predictors of the well-being of its residents researchers at the Eco- the economist also reported that 85% of the variance in well-being between different nations can be explained by nine factors which included the gross domestic product of that nation the life expectancy divorce rates political stability etc etc so researchers found that even though there was very significant stability in happiness assessments 24% of the participants that they studied experienced a significant change in their happiness level and 9% changed by two standard deviations or more which means that a long lasting change in like the neutral level that you have is definitely possible and there are circumstances that are under your voluntary control which can help increase your lasting happiness and the fifth point that he mentioned is that individual differences in adaptation which means that this theory is not the same for everyone not everyone is going to react similarly to the same like positive thing or negative thing that's going to happen in their lives and everyone is different in the way that they react to things in general happier people quote unquote are more likely to be happier when good things happen to them rather than people whose baselines are more neutral which again explains the entire theory that you can adapt and make your positive neutral better than what it was before and instead of striving for a random like materialistic source to make us happy we should do 
more long lasting or more like personal growth related items or things to make ourselves happier instead of obviously looking for a job promotion and i guess that's cool too that's important but that's really not the only thing that's going to make us happy which leads me to the very last part that i want to talk about was is it possible to escape this treadmill that we're on now most research has come across like a bunch of things you can do like expressing gratitude meditation etc etc which can help you improve like the baseline neutrality that you're on and it's a lot about loving yourself it's about doing you know expressing kindness and meditation i guess has a bunch of research on it because people really think that this mind training practice can not only change passing emotional states but it can also reshape your entire personality by helping us learn about the nature of our own minds practicing loving kindness meditation can also help dismantle false assumptions about what might make us happy so all we have to do to really be happy is not focus that much i'm not saying don't focus at all but like not focus that much on i guess this material source of happiness that we might have but also just work constantly on ourselves and me personally i do find this hard to do because obviously it's just better to look for these short term boosts of happiness because they are better and just give you a greater sense of happiness but about just improving yourself and constantly working on yourself and loving yourself and being kinder is the way to go and i'm i am working towards it a little bit and i am trying to not base my value and to base my happiness on a random promotion or random like how much money i earn or whatever xyz reason people might have to become happy it's about becoming happy by yourself so give yourself promote permission to be human accept rejection accept fear know that that is normal and it's completely okay to feel sad but just know that it does always get better simplify your life focus on what you're doing express gratitude find meaning in things which is something that i've been looking at a lot is a lot of people on youtube as well talk a lot about uh, being mindful which doesn't mean as complicated of a thing that i think it means but a lot of times people will be cooking or doing something very basic something that they do every single day but being mindful of the fact that you're doing this so sometimes when i'm just in my kitchen and i'm just like cooking pasta or something i have to take a step back and look at the fact that i'm happy right now expressing gratitude can also help i know a lot of podcasts and just self help books in general talk about writing down five things every single day which you're grateful for so that's what i would like to end today's episode by by just saying that i want everyone who's listening to this if you want to take anything back from this episode take back this exercise that i want you guys to do right now like i'm serious i want all of you guys to do this right now you don't have to share it with me i don't want to see pictures of it it can be totally personal and just your own thing but just grab a notebook or a piece of paper or if you don't have that right now just open up the notes app on your phone or your laptop you probably have a way to write down things around you and write down five things that you're grateful for it can be something simple like i'm really grateful for the fact that i woke up in uh you know in my own bed today and i felt happy about that it could be something bigger than that like i'm really grateful for like my wife or my husband or my kids whatever it is even if it's something really small i'm really grateful for the fact that i woke up and i had an really tasty omelet today or something and write down these five things that you're grateful for don't overthink it just think about five simple things don't be embarrassed about what you're writing because it's just for you write it down and store it in your phone forever and keep doing this activity every like month or so i like to do it every week but it's completely up to you how often you want to do it but at least do it once right now because i really think it helps and it helps get your life into perspective 
don't share it with anyone don't show it to anyone just do it for yourself and that would be the end of today's episode so let's start on with my last segment which is the tarot card segment i don't know if you guys are enjoying this but let me know if you guys want me to continue doing this or if none of you guys really care because i like these and i like picking them out every single episode but you guys might not so for today hopefully we pick out an upright card so the high priestess card is what we picked out and it is a major arcana card and it's interesting because i think this is the first major arcana card we've pulled out and also i think it's the first upright card that we've pulled out so congrats to us so what it means upright is intuition sacred knowledge divine feminine subconscious mind and i think it's interesting to note just for the art aspect of things is that she is like um i guess shown or pictured to be sitting uh, on this throne of some sort and she's like sitting in front of this whale which has pomegranates which in this art form symbolizes uh, fertility and abundance which is cool because i like studying the symbolism across a lot of these art forms and she's standing in front of two pillars like on both sides of her which have the letter b and j which is the black one is called bowls that's what the b stands for which means in his strength and the other is white which has the letter j which means he will establish and it expresses like duality masculine and feminine darkness and light stating that knowledge and acceptance of duality are required to enter the sacred space so she if you really look into it i i find just looking at these pictures pretty cool because she's also holding like a scroll of some sort which says t o r a which according to this um specific deck is represents torah which is the greater law so it is kind of hidden like it's not like a scroll that's super visible and i guess from what i can interpret it means that you know you have to actively seek out this greater law that she claims to be holding and knowing the knowledge of to establish it so that was the high priestess card i hope that interested you go search up like the high priestess um raider what is it exactly called yeah the raider white deck and you can actually look into it yourself and hopefully find that it's cool so that was it for this episode thank you so much for listening leave a comment leave a review instagram dm me if you have any questions or you can tweet them at me whatever floats your boat And yep, that would be it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening.